Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Blessed by the unconquered sun with incredible powers, our exalted circle seeks promised treasure of a forgotten age. Join Joaquim as Karal Fire Orchid, Adam as Fakakun, Slavic as I Selekamu, Mitch as Wolfer, and Becca as our storyteller, as they see what's in store for them in the Tomb of Dreams. You can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM and Facebook at Twin Cities by Night to stay up to date with our podcast releases. There you'll also find an invite to join our Discord chat. We'd love to see you there. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. Enjoy. So the four of you turn to look at the plinth and you see the tapestry on it. As you all take a closer look at it, you really can't tell what the purpose of this tapestry is. It appears as a square of dingy cloth woven of coarse brown thread, about five feet to a side. And from the corner of your eye, or because Wolfer is still basically at bonfire right now, it, it seems to harbor faint patterns dyed into the threads. Figures um, engaged in war, or in temples praying, or raising cities. And, and before Volfer got too close to it, it looked as if it was unmarked. So you, you don't know or recognize any of these figures or what they're doing. And nothing you try to do really seems to affect it or cause it to react to your presence. It just doesn't do anything except for show within the anima, within the light of the anima. But it is clearly very old and must be of value to be worth storing here. But you just cannot figure it out right now. All right. And so the first thing Fireworker is actually like, you know, moves around her hands a bit. She turns to Volfer and says, Look, not stone. I, you never know. Perhaps I owe you a drink. My apologies. I just prefer you learn to not make stupid assumptions ahead of time. All right, so uh, what do we do? Do we light it on fire? Do we throw it in the lava? Don't be so hasty, my friend. First, we should gather all the artifacts together, I think. Should we do it here? Should we do it somewhere else? Why not here in the place of our great victory? I mean, we could also ask our guides or guide. As we'll say, I goes to gather the tapestry in order to collect all three of the items. When you release it from the plinth, the demon's bindings begin to weaken and the dream begins to collapse around you. The environment begins to shake and take on traits of everywhere you've been. The volcano is suddenly underwater and the inner walls of its rims are covered in a huge statues that adorn the western cliffs. You see the depictions of legion of heroic figures Heroes of the sun and moon and fate and elements casting down and killing or binding countless huge monsters. What was a lake of lava around the caldera's central island is now a forest of kelp beds, crimson and orange. Wolf emanations, hundreds of them, 
look down upon you from the volcano's rim and in the water above you, a shape like the monster emanation, but much vaster floats. Eight of the monster's squid arms drift down and reach outward, but its two longer tentacles end not in a leaf-shaped sucker pads, but in the heads of the two serpent emanations, both of which stare intently down at you, waiting. As all of this is violently happening around you, all of a sudden Suma and Teo are now present with you. Hi there. The serpents kind of, as Volfer was the first one to talk, they kind of zoom in and look at you. Do you revoke our binding? And before you can say anything, Suma steps in and goes, no, you must kill it. Well, I mean, what's in it for me? Tio decides to pipe in. He's like, exactly. This poor creature has been trapped here for ages. You should simply just release it and go about your way. But what will it do with its freedom, Pipes and Fire Orchid? Tio kind of shrugs, and it'll be loose in creation to do as it seems fit. Suma will turn, try to gather your attention again, and she goes, that's exactly why you shouldn't release it. Who knows what it'll do? Yes, but a preemptive strike like this, doesn't that remind you of something? Something that perhaps happened to the Solars before? What did it do to get chained down here? Might be a good question to ask, says the giant glowy wolf man. Suma and Tio look as if they're both going to start talking at once, but then the serpent emanations kind of gather your attention. And speaking in unison, we were bound here to protect. We wish to leave. What would you do? Protect what? I'm assuming you guys have the the anchors down, like kind of out in the open, right? Yeah, that's the artifacts. It it will, with both of its heads, look at the artifacts and go, those, that's what I was summoned here to protect. Oh, so if we release you, you're just going to attack us because we have them and you're supposed to protect them. Once you release me, I'm no longer bound to protect them. Then what will you do? Be free. I would hate to see such a piece of history and culture struck down. What do you think? What would I have to roll in order to discern its motives? All right. So social combat. We're not going to delve too deep into that. But essentially, in order to discern its motives is... Okay. So it is perception plus socialize versus a character's guile. Read intentions or sense motive in this case, allows you to discern what another character wants to achieve in a scene of interaction or determine an intimacy. When attempting to discern an intimacy, you all, according to the rules, must broadly inquire as to what kind of intimacy you're trying to deduce. So I'm not going to try to complicate it too much. So read intentions for you guys to figure out what does it, is the question, what does it want to do when it's free? Kind of what you guys trying to figure out. Can someone explain yes. that to me? Yeah, that I guess right. like, yeah, follow up with this and like, you know, once you're free, what will you want to do? I want to try to discern what it knows or like, it's probably here since like absolutely ancient times. So how important is it historically? Well, I'm looking over its intimacies real quick for... For what it could know, go ahead and roll an occult plus intelligence. 
difficulty. Uh, you have terrestrial sorcery? Yes, I do. Okay. And That'll so be a three for the difficulty. Fire Orchid, she will actually use her uh, mode of discerning technique for her Oops. charm, to, which will, for three modes, Fire Orchid can apply double nines to a read attentions action. Okay, so basically that means you get both nines and tens double. It's um, read intentions is perception plus socialize. All right, Guile's four. So Volfer rolled oh, on three oh, dice, oh. one success for his read intentions. I got seven successes and I got two and I got three nines, four nines as well. Nice. So that's two, four, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven successes. Fire Orchid knows everything about this thing. She knows she sees into its heart. Okay, before I answer the read intentions, um, I what did you get for your intelligence plus occult roll? Six successes. So you know, given off of all the context that everything's been given you, been given to you, you know that this is clearly a demon. Demons are summoned from Malthus, but you are unfamiliar with this demon. You haven't seen anything like this before in any of your studyings. Um, which kind of leads you to believe that it would require much more power in order to summon it yourself. You know that with demons, if you have the right kind of sorcery, you can summon them into creation to bind them to your will. And once that happens, like you have them for a year and a day, and then they go back to Malpheus, unless you summon them again. It is possible for a demon to be released into creation, but that's more difficult to do. Does that give you a, a good sense of an answer to the question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now for the rude intentions. Um, it clearly told you it's defining, which is I must guard the artifacts left in my care. And you picked up pretty quickly that it no longer, it just wishes for the dream to end. and no longer wants to be here. But... It was clearly being evasive when it was talking about, when specifically asked about what would it do, which, um, if you were to free it, and Fire Orchid, you very much get the impression that it is not necessarily a good thing for it to be released. Like, it, it might have some nefarious intentions for creation it has, it has something it wants to do something it's not willing to tell us yet so and since it's basically what we're saying well give us a reason to free you and it's not telling us that probably not a good reason so yeah i'll like let the others know like this thing it, it, it is hiding something from us and even though even at this moment where it's begging us to free it i do not trust it so i'm afraid since we have no choice i'm afraid we must kill it the um, snake emanations kind of get down more, zoom in on Fire Orchid, and I've been set here by your kind, unfairly imprisoned. You should release me. And so, but then, but upon would releasing you be fair to the people you would attack? Is it fair to me that I've been trapped here for eons? Define unfairly trapped. Your kind has the ability to do as they see fit without consequences. I did not have a choice to be here. I simply have to be. We technically don't have a choice to be here either. And if you release me, 
you will also be released from here. No harm will come to you if you release me. It's not harm to us, it's my worry. It is never just our se- oneself we should worry about when dealing with things such as you. All right, so at this point, we're going to have a little bit of social combat. It is going to attempt to convince you guys to release it. It is going to, uh, yeah, it's going to attempt to bargain with you guys. That, that's the name of the, the role that it's making. Uh, what is everybody's resolve? Eyes is two. Three for Fire Orchid. Four for Faka. Four for Wolfer. And I guess the short of the stick when it comes to defenses. Wolfer also has Stubborn Boar Defense. Once he has resisted a persuade action, he gains plus two to his resolve if the issue is raised again. Gotcha. Uh, would anybody like to spin moats to raise their oh, defenses? Uh, yes, please, but I'm not sure if it's possible for me. That being said... You guys can always resist a persuade action by spending a willpower point. I will do that. Okay. Soul Wolfer. I'm going to do that as well. Sweet. As will Fire Orchid. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so it, it makes that climactic, like, make the decision one way or the other kind of argument. It did pretty well. It got six successes to try to convince you all which would normally work. However, you all realize that as it's trying to argue and continue and clearly the, it just solidifies in your minds that this thing should not be released into creation if that is what you choose to do. Now, you guys as a group, would you like to release it or kill it? Fire, Fire Orchid has already voiced her opinion that we should kill it. I think I want to kill it, yeah. I would release it. So Wolfer has seven on his initiative. Well, that's his answer. I don't know if surprise rounds are a thing, but he's totally going to try to behead one of the snakeheads. In this situation, a surprise round wouldn't be appropriate. Okay. All right. So it's seeing Wolfer go for the go for the attack. Let's go ahead and all roll join battle. All right. I'll just stick with my seven. Um, can I do a blinding battle feint for three modes? Fakakun may join battle with dexterity plus stealth instead of uh, the wits plus awareness roll. And um, it's an attempt to vanish from view. If Fakakun beats her opponent's awareness-based join battle roll, uh, I'm automatically concealed. So, yes. I'm not super familiar with that term, but I'm going to roll with it. Um, it's... I think when it says it's base join battle, is that like it's pool? Yeah, that's four initiative for Fire Orchid after the plus three. Yeah, so it's um basically it's if I beat the opponent's join battle roll, and that's just their standard uh, wits plus awareness join battle roll. Gotcha. So I make the roll, and if you beat it, you're concealed. Got it. Okay, its roll was five. Okay, I got nine, and that's with the... Um, Plus, because I still do the plus to my join battle roll, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, you still you still beat it. With okay. It's plus. So you got Fakakun got nine. I what did you get? I got a seven initiative. Seven. Ooh, this will play out differently. Sweet. All right. The current order is Fakakun, the demon, I Volfer, and Fire Organ. So Fakakun, you lead us off. 
So like I'm concealed. I don't know. Does that give me any kind of advantage from for doing a attack or anything like that, or does it basically just? <laughs> I'm cool with it just being like a cool thing, and like <laughs> I, it doesn't really. No, I know it gives you something. Let me see if I can find it up on one of my cheat sheets real quick. Uh, basically, it's going to get a minus two on its defenses from attacks from you for this attack if you choose to attack it right now. Okay, I am going to attack it right now. I would like to do a precision of the striking raptor charm again. It's like my favorite charm. Okay, so for one moat, my dice pool is going to be calculated as if it was close range. Um, and I would also like to spend some moats to kind of beef that up a little bit. Heck yeah. Do you, as in give you more dice to yes. attack? More dice, yeah. Okay. Also, are you doing a withering or decisive attack? Withering. Okay. I can spend, what is it, up to my dice pool? You can double your dice pool. Okay. So I'm actually just going to, I'm going to go all out and I'm just going to spend 14 of my peripheral moats to double this dice pool. Okay. So, and then you get the four accuracy for doing it um, as if it was at close range. And then did you want to stunt? Yes. So for my stunt, what I would like to do is Fakakun is currently concealed in the darkness right now. And you'll uh, basically what, what everybody will see is her, her robe kind of just like appears and it just gets the attention of, um, of the demon or something. But then Fakakun actually appears somewhere else. It's just like a, like a, some sort of like illusion or deception kind of, where like she left a piece of her clothing behind and then emerged from the concealment somewhere else to try to catch a jump on the demon. Sweet. You can have um, a two-point step for that. I will say, if you don't choose to mute it, you or your cast mark will be flaring. Yeah, you spent... I'm not choosing to, to mute okay. it. I'm, I'm letting it burn. Okay. The monster emanation, which I don't think I fully described, it's a, it's like a roll, roiling cloud of smoke and embers with no set form. It does have temporary appearances, and you can hear, like, when it was talking, you, you heard the sneak emanation, but you get the impression that the other voices could kind of talk for it as well. It still kind of has, like, the long tentacles for the snake em emanations, but other than that, it's almost like a formless mass. Okay, I got 16. So that easily hits. Since it doesn't see where you're coming from, uh, it would have been a 2 for its defense, so that gives you 14 dice to add to your to your damage roll and then it's soak is nine so you would minus nine from that okay so i'm rolling 17 as a note i is likely ne next depending on how much initiative damage fakakun does and the tens don't double for this do they for the damage they do on withering oh, okay 11 you guys are rolling fantastic so you crashed it super good job and your initiative is put up to 25. <laughs> That's really fantastic. Uh, so we didn't really get a stunt with that. So Fakakun is in one area and the, the serpents get drawn in by that flash of movement to, and turn their attention only to see that a scrap of your clothing has 
kind of like slowly dangling down to the ground. And Fakakun like immediately appears in a completely different area and releases her infinite chakram at the like the neck of the snake emanations. And you can hear it hiss loudly as it starts to turn its attention towards Fakakun. However, it is I's turn next. Time for a withering attack. So what's the situation looking like? It's crashed. It is crashed. It's um, reeling back from the attack from Fakakun. It was completely unaware of what was happening and looked as if it was going to really just dive into the group. But like it's mass, it's like having to recover from going from one direction to the next and is really slow at the moment. I will pick up Great Fang, Sight himself. It didn't have to come to this. And he'll press the attack after Faka basically tag in. And he'll do a withering attack. So that's five dice, plus I'll be using excellent strike. Really running low on moats right now. <laughs> and I'll use, I guess I'll use the five moats to boost the attack. Three successes, uh, no, four, plus one for excellent strike. So five successes. What's the difficulty? The difficulty was three. Two threshold successes and my weapon damage. All right, that's 18 dice. Let's hope we'll get something interesting out of it. Minus his soak. The soak is nine. Okay, so that's 18 minus nine. Okay, that's seven successes. It's still significantly crashed. Uh, it's currently at negative 10. With Volfer's turn. And I should be at initiative 15 right now. Can you give me an overview description of where the two snake heads are in relation to everyone else? So the snake heads were fairly more within close distance of you guys. And then Bakakun attacked it. And she was, I would say probably like when she jumped up, she was um, short distance away. And it started to move to go towards her so currently, it is at short distance from you. Is Fakakun still airborne? Yes. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that doesn't make sense because it hasn't had an opportunity to go. So it's still close close to you. Okay. Volfer is nothing fancy this time around. He's just going to plant his feet, try to slam his sword down, splitting the snake heads right down the middle from one another, or at least attempting to. As a weathering attack or decisive? Withering. Okay. The snake heads are on two different tentacles. So, and they were fairly close together. So, what you're trying to do is completely like split them apart distance wise, correct? He's trying to hit the point where the tentacles merge, or do they just sort of never merge? Yeah, they don't merge anywhere close. Like, both tentacles go straight up to that roiling cloud of ambiguity. Okay. So, then maybe I will try to stunt this. Because that changes my attack. All right, so once again with the flat of his blade, Volfer is going to take a swing, but he is going to swing almost as if it's a baseball bat, and he's going to be trying to clock both heads in his swing, line it up so he hits them both, just to smack them side, upside the head, basically. I like that. Go ahead and have a two-point step for that. So I will spend the three motes for an excellent strike for the one automatic success, but that is the 
only thing I'm going to do. And that'll be 13 dice total. Okay. All right. And currently it's defense is two. So 11 dice. All right. None of those were ones. So seven total successes. Did you lessen your dice pool when I said two? I did. I cut it down to 11. Okay. That's not, that was the number of successes you needed. Oh, all right. So go ahead and add those two more because they can give you more successes. Yep. Brain fart. So that's an additional success. So that is a total of nine or eight successes. All right. So you get a threshold of three. So your damage plus the threshold minus its soak of nine. Okay. And no worries. Like even my brain's starting to go, what's going on? So 20 minus nine. So that's 11 damage dice. It sounds like. And that's five damage. Tens only count as one, right? For damage? Tens count as two on Withering. On Withering? Okay, so that's six damage then. All right, Volfer lines up the flat of his blade to hit one snake head into the other, basically making the, the snake heads go in the opposite direction of Fakakud. And they start to reel back and go go away. But again, it hasn't had a chance to go yet. So even though its momentum is going in that direction, it's still in close distance to all you melee people. Fire Orchid, you are next. Okay, so I'm tempted to go just uh, wither attack again because I just have so low initiative, I can't really do much damage. It's already like crashed super hard. <laughs> Alright, I think I'll do also, another withering attack, just so I can do damage, get some damage later on. So, like, within the rules, there's, like, at a certain point where I'm supposed to cut it off, but we're still, like, at the beginning of the combat. It's totally, like, you guys haven't done any damage to it yet, so you're you're good. But I would say, like, the next round, you guys are all going to need to yeah, yeah, yeah. decisive it. So, yeah, sorry to make you go keep going into the further and further negatives. So 10, D10, and the target is 7 again? Its defense is currently at 1. All right. So that is the, um, did you want to stunt at all? Uh, this, no, not yet. I think I'll just, yeah. Okay. We can save the stunts for the decisive yeah. attacks. That's cool. That's 10 successes. All right, so that gives you a threshold of 9. So you the damage of your weapon plus, actually just the damage of your weapon because its soak is 9. So that's... Six. Let's see, ten and eight. That's two, I believe. Oh, no, that's three. Has done so. So that should be three. All right. It is at currently negative nineteen, and it's its turn. What's my initiative at now? All right. Each of you has managed to get in a very solid attack, managing to knock it off balance several times. That it, you could almost see. The airplane's going around its head as it just kind of looks dazed and confused. And then it finally catches itself. And the ember eyes of the snake and we'll say like the body, you can almost see emerging ember eyes out of it flash a bright red. And it does something very similar to what the wolf emanation did, which is allows it to have two attacks this turn. So the first attack its body starts to shake really hard. And you've heard this from before, from the wolf emanation. And your ears are pierced with a uncreationly sound. Because there's no earth here. So that is its first attack. 
Would anybody like to stunt their defense? I can't think of anything to add to that. Uh, Fakakun would probably just start, um, just start trying to acrobatically like run as fast as she can, like from its, uh, from its range or from its view. Um, just trying to get herself out of the way, just like a simple, a simple thing, not like a nothing too flashy. I would say. Yeah, so this is an attack that hits all of you for, um, it can't decisive right now because it's crashed, so it has to do a withering attack. I think for this one, Wolf is just going to try to roll away, and I'll spend the three motes to boost his evasion. All right, can I have everybody's defenses real quick? Sorry, two three. motes. Five evasion for Volfer. Five parry for uh, Fire Orchid. Five evasion for Faka. Yeah, three evasion for God. Um, it manages to hit all of you with this ear-shattering howl. I'm going to go ahead and roll the damage on that in just a moment. As an FYI, it got a nine on it to, to hit. I'm going to spend four motes to uh, boost my soak by an additional four. So disregard those numbers because you said soak, and I totally ignored the fact that you guys have soak. Can I get your soak real quick? 11 for Volfer. Five again for uh, Fire Orchid. Is it final soak or? Yeah, final soak. Eight. Six for I. Two for Faka. Okay, yeah, that drastically changes it. Thank you. All right, it manages to do a decent amount to all of you. Eight to I, seven to Fire Orchid, six to Faka Kuhn, and six to Volfer. I don't believe that crashes anybody, though. So you guys are still good, but it does get that initiative for itself. So was it out of the negatives into zero now? It does pull it back up to positive initiative at initiative eight. So let me go ahead and change that real quick. Okay, with that initiative damage, I should also be at eight initiative, if memory serves. All right, so everybody's initiative is... Um, Fakakun's at 19, Aiza at 7, Volfer's at 7, and Fire Orchid's at 0. So I'm just trying to figure out what it's going to do for its second attack. So it, it released the Shattering Roar, and the eyes in the body that kind of came out from the roiling mass focus in on Volfer, and you feel assaulted, but you don't see anything as it, it's almost doing a psychic attack. Ha, there's nothing there for it to hit. <laughs> what is your defense, and would you like to boost it by anything? The psychic attack. So I was evading the first one, and I spent moats to boost my evasion. Since it's the same attack, does that continue, or do I have to spend more moats? Yes, you'd have to spend more moats, plus you have already been attacked this round, so your um, onslaught penalty is at a minus one. Ooh, all right. And is, is there any sort of visual element to its attack? I can only think of the like comic book, like all of a sudden it almost feels like it's up in your face, even though it hasn't moved at all. Volfer, I'll spend three moats to boost his parry by three, so that's two peripheral and one personal. And so when he feels it's going to be a psychic attack, he boosts his parry through his brawl, and he's basically going to try to headbutt, headbutt the psychic attack to stop it cold, like punching a fist as it's in midair, except <clears throat> with his head. 
I like it. Go ahead and have a one point stunt for that. Okay. So how does that one point stunt translate into his defense? I think it, it ups it by one. Okay. So in that case, he's got a parry of eight. Perfect. It is unable to land the attack on you. Your head is just too stubborn to be hurt that way. All right. It pays to be pig-headed. It's the start of the new round. Everybody get five moats back. And we're going to start off with Fakakun, followed by I, and then Bulfur. So I would like to do joint wounding attack charm. So for three moats, I'm going to attempt to cripple an opponent with a decisive attack. If it does at least three damage, it inflicts a minus three penalty uh, to the opponent's dice pool until the end of the scene. And for my stunt, I just uh, I take the infinity chakram out and I kind of am hula hooping it around my arm again. And I just say, let's end this once and for all. And then I get ready to uh, to make my attack. Go ahead and have a two point stunt for that. Okay, so this is going to be dex plus throw plus two. I would also like, I'd like to um, spend uh, 10 of my peripheral moats to add to that dice pool. So just as a note, your uh, thresholds don't um, go over on decisive. Okay. okay. So your extra success is you really just want to hit. It doesn't matter if you do extra. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so actually, yeah, I'm just going to do it uh, regularly then. So that's going to be uh, 12 dice. Okay, and then with it resetting, its onslaught penalty is four. Or sorry, not four. Uh, not onslaught. Its defense is four. So you want four successes. Okay, I got eight. Fantastic. So you hit. So your damage is going to be 19. Unless you have other things that like add to that. I'm just going to roll the 19. Okay. Shit, man. Okay, so I got eight, I counted. And so I think that's enough to qualify for the, um, for the effect of the uh, precision of the striking raptor. That it is. Let me go ahead and do this real quick. All right, given how much you've wounded it, it is currently has minus four from its dice pools. So pretty solid. All right, I, it's your turn. It has three health left. It's looking pretty wounded as Fakakun's chakram has easily sliced in and around the cloud several times to wound it. What's my initiative right now? Your initiative is seven. Let's try the option of just stabbing it, hoping for the best. That is a good option to have. I'll try to follow up on the assault, and I will throw Great Fang at it and hopefully if it misses i hope it's just going to turn around and hit it on its way back go ahead and have a one point stunt for that gonna pop my uh here we go excellent strike so we'll get an automatic success and then two more moats so i can actually hit two three seven dice uh, you know, I'm just going to burn through all those moats and try to make sure I actually hit. What number am I targeting? Three. Okay. Might actually do something with nine dice. Okay. One, two, three, four. Okay. So I do hit. 
And now I roll damage. So I roll my initiative. Of seven. And that's three damage. Looks like it's four. It's four. Yeah, I forgot seven's count. You're good. I takes Great Thing and throws it with all of his might at the demon that's swirling kind of above you all. And after being so wounded by Fakakun's infinite chakram, it takes a moment as um, the Great Fang impales it, and then all around you, the island starts to shake, and the demon shakes even more violently and violently until there's this big crescendo, and all of a sudden everything goes bright white. And you can feel the island itself just whooshing past you as you can't even see it anymore towards the demon at an alarming speed. And you close your eyes against the howling wind and then suddenly it stops. You find yourself standing at the entrance to what you thought was the tomb in the first age ruins. Suma and Tio are alongside you and you're holding the artifacts that you've claimed with the rest at your feet. Of the demon, there is no sign. And that concludes Exalted 3rd Edition Tomb of Dreams. Thank you all so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and head off now. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions, so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.